because it is a good thing. There is absolutely nothing uh, wrong with it. Second thing I want to say, and this is going <clears> to <throat> kind of create a, a, a difficulty for some of you, it's not a big deal. Right? <clears throat> now, what do I mean when I say it's not a big deal? The world makes it a huge deal. The world makes it the essential of life. The world makes it that you can't live uh, apart from this. That is rubbish. It is a blessed thing given of God, but it is not a big deal. It's not the most important part of life. It's certainly not the most important part of marriage. Uh, you know, we need to be careful that we don't let the world take this issue and spin it huge for us. Beautiful, sweet, blessed within marriage. But apart from that, folks, <clears throat> the Lord Jesus Christ lived for 33 years. He was a full-blooded man, as full-blooded a man as you can possibly get, and he never sinned in this area, not once. Now, you're going to say he was God? Yeah, but you know, he dwells in you. The spirit of the living God dwells in you to enable you to live right and be right. It's possible for you and I to live right and be right, even in a wicked world. Okay? Uh, next thing I want to say to you, this is, desires are natural. I mean, don't, don't, don't think you're wicked because you have desires. Right? Uh, what you do with them is going to either create a problem for you or it's going to make your life work. If you watch the wrong stuff, uh, if you watch all the romantic stuff, if you watch the uh, pornographic stuff, if you watch all that stuff, it's going to create an appetite in you uh, that's going to be a problem for you. Uh, you need to be careful that you don't, don't do that. But understand that, listen, having desires is a very natural part of life. It's put in you. God put it in you. Um, I think from his perspective, he put it into, in us as far as uh, uh, continuing of the <clears throat> of mankind is uh, the propagation of the species, if you want to put it in the technical term. But you know what? The desires are normal; they're natural. It's what you do with them that becomes either right or wrong. It's where you go with them. It's how you feed them, I suppose, that's going to be a problem for you. Uh, and living in the culture that we live in, it's very easy for you to feed them with the wrong stuff. Very easy for you to build yourself up in this area in a bad way. All right. Um, then I want to say this too. This is not just for men. Now, I am not sure what happened, uh, but for a lot of the years, this area was folk. Men had a problem in this area and women didn't. And that's just plain not true. Now, in our day and age, we're hearing a lot more about the problem that women have in this area. And um, <clears throat> what that leads me to think is that probably women were just suppressed as far as this was concerned. They couldn't say anything about it. They weren't able. But it can be a problem for, uh, for women as well. So what we're going to say tonight <clears throat> uh, deals with both men and women. It's straight from the book of Proverbs. Now, as far as children are concerned, let me say this to you. <clears throat> I'll open it with a, an, um, an illustration. When I was in third class, is third class seven or eight years old? Anybody remember what? Third class in school. Pardon? Eight. Third class is eight. When I was in third class, eight years old, the guy sitting next to me in my little desk in school told me all about this area of life. He showed me everything about it, right? Um, he now, listen, he had it all. This is way before the day of iPads and iPhones and everything else. He did it with Mala. Uh, <laughs> uh, he showed me everything with Mala. He was totally wrong. 
He was biologically wrong, never mind morally wrong in the whole thing. He was totally wrong in what, what he showed me. But do, do you know what? After he had showed me, I knew everything. I was, I was in the know in this area, right? Now, I realize, as far as some of you are concerned, that was just after the ark settled on Mount Ararat uh, when I was in uh, eight-year-old in school. Uh, it's not quite that long ago, right? <clears throat> but here's the thing. I am very sure that in this day and age, your eight-year-old has been approached with this stuff from somewhere, right? So why am I saying that to you? I'm saying that to you because you, the parents, need to be the one teaching in this area. And I realize we're Irish. It's embarrassing. We don't want to talk about it. We don't want to get uh, this conversation. It's embarrassing for us. It's embarrassing for the kids. It's embarrassing for everybody. You need to talk to them about this area because if you don't, somebody else will. They may get it biologically wrong, as in my case. They will certainly get it morally wrong. And the problem in this age is that they will whip out a phone or an iPad or a computer and they will show them things that an eight-year-old has no business seeing. So you've got to be on top of this area, parents. You've got, you really got to be on top of this area. You've got to work on this area with your kids uh, because if you don't, somebody else will. Somebody else will cause a problem for them with it. Okay, so those are the introductory things. Now, Proverbs chapter 6. <clears throat> and we're looking at verse 23 through 29. And I'm going to be discreet in what I say for the sake of the kids, but parents, I do need you to make sure you're talking to them about this. I do need you to make sure that your kids actually know. So the things I'm going to say to you tonight, you need to couch them in terms your kids can take, and you need to say them to them uh, at another time in another place as you see fit. That's your responsibility, but they need to hear these things. Now, they need to hear these things and understand these things from a godly perspective from the perspective of this is something wonderful, this is a gift God has given, uh, it belongs in marriage, but they need to hear these things to protect themselves because we have an unprotected generation out there. If there ever was a generation uh, that's unprotected because of all the internet and so on that's available to them, they are unprotected. They need to hear these things. You need to prepare them. You need to work with them. We need to overcome our scruples and the awkwardness and overcome their scruples and awkwardness and talk to them clearly about these things and, and make a situation where they can ask and, uh, and we can answer because those things are really important. Somebody else is teaching them if you're not. And that they're way too curious. All right? Okay, let's pray. Father, would you bless us now as we look to your word? And would you help us, Lord, in this area? Lord, it's a, it's a difficult and a thorny area for us. And Lord, I pray that you'd bless and you'd uh, have said what you want to be said. And Lord, that you'd keep us from saying anything that might cause offense or might hurt. But, oh Lord, I pray that you'd protect your people in this. Lord, bless and protect and do a work in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Proverbs chapter 6. And <clears throat> um, we're looking at verse 23. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is a light, and the reproofs of instruction are the way of life. To keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman, lust not after her beauty in thine heart, neither let her take, thine, take thee with her eyelids. For by means of a whorish woman a man is brought to a piece of bread, and the adulteress will hunt for the precious life. Can a man take fire in his bosom, and his clothes not be burned? Can one go upon hot coals, and his feet not be burned? Um, and skip down to verse 32. 
But whoso committed adultery with a woman lacketh understanding. He that doeth it destroyeth his own soul. A wound and dishonor shall he get, and his reproach shall not be wiped away. For jealousy is the rage of a man, therefore he will not spare in the day of vengeance. He will not regard any ransom, neither will he rest content, uh, though thou givest many gifts. All right. <clears throat> now, first thing I want to say to you is this. The battle is in our minds. Usually our problem, sin is always caused by what's in our hearts, right? Uh, from the heart, Jesus said uh, in Matthew chapter 15, proceeds adulteries, fornications, uh, murders. All those things come forth from the heart. Now, the heart, the, when the Bible's talking about the heart, it's talking about what's going on in your head, what's going on in your thinking. Um, I, 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 you couldn't have avoided hearing the Anna Kriegel case uh, this week on the, uh, on the news. It just was there all the time. And <clears throat> what shocked me to my absolute boots was what these kids were up to long before they ever did anything to that poor child. Uh, the stuff they were watching, the stuff that they were listening, what was going on inside of their hearts. Right? And you've got a perfect example of what was going on in their hearts eventually showed up in their lives and they did it. Do you know that's true for all of us? Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. What you let go on in your heart will eventually work its way out in your life. That's just what's going to happen. So when it comes to this area of lust, the, the issue is what's going on in your heart? What are you allowing to roll around in your thinking? Because you haven't done anything. Okay, that's good. Uh, but in your thinking, you're allowing thoughts to roll around that are just, to roll around that are just wrong. You've you got to be careful. Now, now how, how do you deal with that? Well, living in the culture that we live in, living in the society, you've got to be careful what you're looking at. You've got to be careful what you're listening to. You've got to be careful what you're seeing. Because so much of our culture is focused on this area. So much of our culture uh, is promoting this area as being, you know, the one area uh, of life. And you've got to be careful what you're taking in, careful what you're watching. Uh, and I realize men, are men, men and women are different in this area, although maybe not as different as we used to think. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, it may be for one, it may be the romantic stuff. For another, it may be the visual. It doesn't matter. You've got to be careful what you're letting in there, what you're promoting in your heart, because what gets promoted in your heart is going to come out in your life. If, if you're going to have a pure life in this area, you're going to, first of all, have a pure heart. If you're going to win the battle, as far as being a Christian is concerned, you're going to have to win that battle in your heart first. So if you're letting thoughts roll around in your thinking, if you're feeding thoughts, if you're feeding your mind on the wrong stuff, you've got a problem. Whether it's come out or not yet, you've got a problem. And what you're doing is you're feeding a lust that's going to actually do you damage. <clears throat> if we use the illustration of food, you know, <clears throat> um, if you eat pizza, say you love pizza, you just absolutely love pizza. Right? And you start off and you eat, first night you eat two slices of pizza and you say, that's enough for me. And the second night you eat three slices of pizza. And the fourth night you eat four slices of pizza. And I know you, by now you're sick of pizza, but, you, but we're, we're going to ignore that for a second, right? You, you eat four, four slices of pizza. Uh, before you know it, you're eating a whole pizza. And then if somebody comes in and says, you know, there's only two slices for you, you're starving. Two slices is not enough. 
can't manage on two slices. I need a whole pizza to satisfy me. Do you realize that we feed the appetites in our lives that cause us problems? We feed those appetites and create problems. And do you know, do you, the, 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 way to, the way to deal with those appetites is to only feed them in ways that God would have you feed them. The Bible says bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Jesus Christ. Every thought. We have to learn as a people that the battle is in our minds. Now, let me give you something else that will be a help to you. We have to be command-oriented, word-oriented, not feeling-oriented. If you watch TV, if you listen to the music of the world, if you listen to those things, what you're going to find is this. Everything's about how people feel. Everything's about what they feel, you know, and um, uh, people operate on feelings. And here's the, the, the thing, what else could I do? I heard a song recently, and some of the words said this, no one can tell me that I'm doing wrong today. Now, the, 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 in the song, he's talking about how lovely this relationship is, but obviously it's wrong. But he's saying, nobody can tell me that I'm doing wrong today. Why? Because I feel so good about it. We live in a feeling-oriented age. We as a generation are pretty feeling-oriented. Because we live in... So <clears throat> you and I have got to get to the place where we're command-oriented, not feeling-oriented. What does that mean? That means that we take the Word of God and what the Word of God says we apply in our lives. We do in our lives. <laughs> that we're not operating on feelings, that we're not operating on feelings and saying, well, I know the Bible says that, but you know, I felt I had to do this. And so I did what I felt I had to do, even though I knew it wasn't scriptural. Anybody ever done that in this room? Mm, we have, haven't we? That's a problem for us. That's an issue for us, because we're supposed to be a command-oriented people. We're supposed to be a people that follow the Word of God. Let me give it to you from the text. Um, the commandment is a lamp and the law is light and reproofs of instruction are the way of life. If you and I will learn to do the word, to be command oriented, to listen to what God says and to actually do what God says, do you know what we're going to find? We're going to find our lives work very well. He created this world and he made it to run on certain rules and when we follow those rules, Life works. When we don't follow those rules and we kick them to one side, uh, we end up going our own way and, and doing an aching on it. And it's always going to cause us trouble. You can't follow feelings. You have to follow the word. You have to come to the place where the word is what drives you and not how you feel in any given situation. Catch yourself doing it. Catch yourself doing it when you do things because you feel like doing them not because you should do them. Some of you are going to fight with me on this because you're going to think, well, how, how can I do about that? Hang on a minute. Did the Spirit of God come to indwell you when you got saved? Did God say that sin shall not have dominion over you? Now, did God say that you were uh, now identified with Christ and you had power to live a different way? Well, of course he did. Does that mean anything? Well, of course it does. You and I have the ability to live and be command-oriented people, not feeling-oriented people. 
And the more we do that, the more we follow the word, the more we do things God's way, the better life's going to work out. That's always true. Right? <clears throat> so uh, the battle's got to be in our mind. We've got, we, we, we got to <clears throat> uh, put ourselves in the place where we're actually winning in our thinking and where we're taking and applying the word. Not just listening to it, not just hearing, but we're taking and applying the word, right? So that's number one. The battle's in the mind. Secondly, <clears throat> our text tells us to stay away from the evil person. Now, <clears throat> if we're going to be command-oriented, we're going to start doing these things, all right? So when he says, um, <clears throat> the commands will keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman, if you obey God's word, what's going to happen is going to keep you from the wrong kind of people. It's going to keep you from the wrong kind of woman. It's going to keep you from the wrong kind of man. Now, the problem for us is that this area of our lives is, <clears throat> is in us. It's part of us. And we tend to like what's wrong. We tend to be drawn to what's wrong. Have you noticed that about you, yourself? That, <clears throat> that rarely are you drawn to eating the right food. Usually, the compulsion is to eat the wrong food. Rarely are we naturally drawn to do the right thing. Usually, we're drawn to do the wrong thing. You've got to recognize that about yourself. You've got to understand that because you have a sin nature, you're drawn to do the wrong thing. And if you don't recognize that, you're at a severe disadvantage <laughs> because you won't understand what's happening inside you. Now, you've got a nature that will always pull you the wrong way. You've got to recognize that. So certain people you've got to stay away from. Certain people you shouldn't go near. Yeah, we can understand this in terms of addiction, can't we? There are certain friends that you know that have readily available what your old life demanded, and you need to stay away from them. Not be around them. If you're going to be around them, you're in trouble. You're going to be in trouble. Now, here's the thing. <clears throat> people know that, and yet they do. Right? The same is true in this area that we're talking about tonight. There are certain people that you shouldn't be around. There are certain people that are playing the game, and you just shouldn't be around them. You should refuse to be around them. You should put some distance to keep thee from. You put some distance between you and that person. You don't want to be around them. And if you don't, put distance between you and that. You know what you've done? You fail to heed the command. And every time you fail to heed the command, it's going to cause you trouble. It's going to bring difficulty into your life. So stay away from the evil person. Keep your distance. Then <clears throat> he says, guard against the smooth tongue. <clears throat> Do you know that every one of us are to a greater or a lesser extent susceptible to nice words? Aren't we? When somebody notices us, when somebody sees us as being there, uh, when somebody reckons on something about us and compliments us on that, that's really important to us. Now, we may pretend it's not, but it's true it is. Now, so, so here's, the, here's the thing. The wrong kind of person will look at you and use the wrong kind of words and make you feel good. Man or woman, it doesn't matter. It's true for both of us. The wrong kind of person can get in uh, with words. Uh, the wrong kind of person can 
compliment you and make you feel good. Now, look, I don't think we should not compliment each other. I think we should compliment each other. I think we should encourage each other. I think we should speak encouraging words. But I think we should speak encouraging words about things that are important, not things that are incidental. We live in a culture that's all about beauty. That's all about looks. It's funny, if you ever look at Pinterest, Pinterest is fascinating to me, right? Now, there's good stuff on Pinterest, um, <clears throat> like, like all these things. But <laughs> I'm going to say, and I may be exaggerating, but 60% of, of the stuff on Pinterest falls into these two areas, right? One is the area of beauty and being stick thin, right? <clears throat> the other is the area of food. Now, how do you get that? Uh, how do you get that? You, you want to be stick thin on the one hand, and on the other hand, you want to enjoy all this food. Isn't, isn't that just crazy? But that's, that's our society. That, 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 that's our culture. We're, we're kind of <clears throat> crazy uh, as far as the, those things are concerned. And we can emphasize beauty to a point where, you know what? That, <clears throat> that, that just doesn't help at all. That just really doesn't help at all. We can make that for our children. We can make that the big issue uh, for the boys and for the girls. We, we can make beauty the big issue, how strong they look, how good they look, and so on. That's not the issue. There's a beauty that does count, though, for a Christian. It's the beauty of the heart. And that's something you need to call out in your children. That's something we need to call out in each other. That's something we need to speak to in each other. Real beauty. Real strength. Moral character. Doing right. Being a, <clears throat> being a command-oriented person. That's the kind of thing that we need to speak to in each other. So we need to be careful that the compliments that we give <coughs> are based on good things, not just based on incidental things. Because you know what? Beauty is passing. Character's not. Real character, uh, real moral uprightness inside, that, that, that's not passing. We need to speak to that. Now, <clears throat> one of the flags for you needs to be when you're around somebody, <clears throat> that doesn't have a right to be getting that close to you, and they're making you feel real good. They're looking at you, and they are making you feel real good. Look at, look at chapter 7 with me for a second, right? <clears throat> look at chapter 7 and verse 14. Uh, this is the strange woman uh, who's got this poor simple guy. I <clears throat> I have peace offerings with me. This day I have paid my vows. Therefore came I forth to meet thee diligently to seek thy face, and I have found thee. How do you think that guy feels? He feels like she's been looking for him all her life. And she's finally found him. Listen, there's not a man in this room that that wouldn't have an impact on unless you have a barrier to it. There's not a woman in this room that couldn't be touched by something like that. <clears throat> If it was spoken to you, we need to be careful of that. When you've got somebody who's ringing your doorbell, who's setting your fire going and making you feel all good and wonderful about yourself because they're saying nice words to yourself, to you, you, you need to be saying, oh, what's going on here? Because this is one of the red flags in this area. Somebody who's speaking and making you feel like you're great. Let me ask you, by the way, how great are you? are you? <laughs> what does the Bible say about how wonderful you are? 
Am I missing that, James? Am I missing something you're saying there, yeah? <laughs> How wonderful are you? The Bible says, in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. That's true for Paul. That's true for you and I. Now, we need to understand that. It's not that in Christ I can't do good and I can't live good and I can't be But left to myself, I'm always going the wrong way. And if you fail to understand that, you fail to understand the sin nature. The sin nature is going to always take you in the wrong direction. It's never going to take you in the right direction. <clears throat> it's got a million ways of doing it. So, <clears throat> you know what? When somebody tells you you're wonderful, you're marvelous, you're fa fabulous, you need to take it with a grain of salt. Because you're not that great. None of us are. When I walk with Christ, he can do great things through me. I can be a vessel for him. But you know what? In myself, I ain't all that great. And when somebody illicitly, outside the bounds of marriage, is looking to build you up and make you feel great and make inroads into you, you need to cotton on and say, now, hang on a minute, something wrong here. And I realize we can have hungry hearts. We're going to have very hungry hearts. Uh, we can be in the place where we're desperately longing for somebody to validate us and somebody to make us feel good. You know who will validate you and make you feel good? The Lord Jesus Christ will. He's the only one that's ultimately going to do it for you. You see, <clears throat> here's the issue. Those of you that are not married... Think of all the people that are married, they have all this together and everything is perfect in their marriages. Well, fo folks, we know that's not true. Because we're not perfect. We're not perfect before we're married, we're not perfect after we're married, so it's not all perfect. Marriage is a good thing. It's a blessed thing. But we don't need to look at that and think, oh, if only I had that, I did. No, you wouldn't have everything. You'd still have problems. Intimacy is always a difficulty. Uh, for people, uh, because we got a sin nature. It's always a so we need to understand. You know, it's not like the, the one half have it and the other half don't have anything. That's just not true. If we would think about it, we would know that. But <clears throat> understand that that you know we're not that great. So when somebody comes telling you you're great, you're wonderful, you're marvelous, uh, a red flag should go up for you and you say, what's going on here, man or woman? You should start to, what's, why are they saying all these things to me? Because every one of us are susceptible. Every one of us like to be told nice things about ourselves. Every one of us like to be noticed. So you need to be careful. You need to have a, an inbuilt barrier. S some of you have a good barrier against it. Some of you don't have any barrier against it at all. And it can be a real dangerous thing in your life. It can leave you wide open. By the way, that's one of the things that you need to talk to your children about. You need to get into the place <clears throat> where somebody can't, with a smooth tongue, speak words that, that have them doing things they shouldn't be doing. They need to find their validation in, in their parents, first of all, and then uh, ultimately you're leading them to find their validation in Christ. But they don't need to be out there hawking around in the world looking for their validation. They're in a dangerous place if they are. They'll find somebody to give it to them, but they won't give it, do it right for them. They'll actually do them damage. Many of us have been done damage because somebody out there noticed us and um, <clears throat> we entered into relationships that possibly we shouldn't have been in uh, <clears throat> because, you know what? Uh, we were drawn in. 
And remember, if somebody who doesn't know you comes up and tells you how wonderful you are, how many other men or women has she told or he told how wonderful they are? Some people are good at spinning it, aren't they? Some people are good at getting in under your barriers. Some people are good at making you feel good. You need to be very careful in that area, right? <clears throat> then you need to refuse to entertain secret desires um, <clears throat> in the area. Refuse to entertain lust. Just don't let it roll in your mind. We live in a very visual world. We live in a world where we're confronted with this uh, issue all the time. <clears throat> Uh, we, live in a, we, we, we live in a world where, where, where this whole topic is just highlighted all the time. You know, um, <clears throat> on the side of the bus, uh, you know, on the TV, in the music. This is highlighted all the time. This, this is made uh, and, and set to draw us in all, all the time. So you've got to purposefully counteract that. If you're letting things spark you and take you down a pathway in your mind, you're in trouble. You've you got to learn to refuse to entertain secret desires for somebody that you have no legitimate reason having a desire for. And the, the, the only person you have a legitimate reason to have a desire for is your husband or your wife. That's the only people. That never changes, that never varies, that doesn't... That's, they're the only people that you have any reason having a desire for. You say, but, you know, I can't help it. It just comes up. Listen, I understand things can happen. I understand that things just come up, but you just put them away again. You, you, somebody said you can't stop the train from passing through, but you can stop. Uh, you, you can make sure it doesn't stop and let the passengers off. It's, it's what you do with the thought after it comes to you that's the problem. You've got to learn not to do that. Not to let your thinking roll. Not to let your desires lead you down paths that they shouldn't go down. you just got to say no to that. You see, if we, if, if we take that thought, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Jesus Christ, then <clears throat> what we're doing is we're grabbing the thoughts and saying, Jesus is not happy with this, no. And the rest of the verse is talking about casting it down. Right? No, not going there, casting it down. We need to learn, need to, learn to be good caster downers. But we really need to learn that. That's, that, that. that's important to us because we live in a wicked culture. Let me say this to you, too. You need to view everyone as a brother or sister, not as somebody for your youth. And I, I can't say too much about that, but you need to be careful about how you view other people. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's a pretty rotten culture that views everybody as a piece of flesh. It's kind of like a meat market out there. That's a pretty rotten culture that does that. And, you know, and it can become very easy. And, you know, the, 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 there was a time when guys did this, and it was, you know, it, it was guys. But you know what? It's just as much for women now. And they can look at men <clears throat> as a piece. You need to be careful of doing that. There ain't no love in that. There, there's no love in that. You know, when you're looking at this area of your life, you're looking at committing yourself to somebody for the rest of your life. Biblically, you're committing yourself to them for the rest of your life. So you know what? You, you don't have the opportunity or you don't have the, uh, the right to look at uh, dozens of other people and, uh, and measure them up and compare them. That's wicked. That is, you say, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just a human being. I know you're just a human being, but you know, the reality is <clears throat> that 
if you let yourself go in this area, you get to be pretty callous and pretty horrible about other people. Don't do that. I mean, <clears throat> would you want to some marry somebody who measured up the pieces of meat and thought you were the best looking piece of meat around? You'd run from it, wouldn't you? Well, then don't do it to other people. Don't do that to other people. Don't, don't, don't measure them like that. Our world and our culture measures them like that. Don't you do it. There, there, there needs to be a caring. There needs to be a treating everyone like a brother or a sister. You know, <clears throat> um, either the person you're talking to is a brother or a sister or is a potential brother and a sister in the gospel. And if you're looking at them as pieces of meat, you know what? <clears throat> it's going to be very hard for you to reach out to them with the gospel. Right? <clears throat> okay. Then, uh, <clears throat> let's talk about eyes for a second. <clears throat> uh, Bible talks about she took him with her eyes. Eyes are pretty important to us in this whole area. And, you know, you're going to say, yeah, a woman can be alluring and she can draw a man in and she can just, uh, you know, uh, bat her eyelids, eyelids at him and, and draw him in. And that's true. But, you know, guys can do it too. I remember talking to one guy and he actually used the term, his eyes, and how he actually... Uh, could draw women in with his eyes. Uh, he was actually very open about it. He was, he was able to do it, and, and he could do it with his eyes. And I remember thinking, good night, you got this practice to an art, haven't you? <coughs> uh, he, he knew what he was doing. Now, you know what the women he was drawing in didn't know what he was doing, but he knew what he was doing. And the eyes can be very important to us. <clears throat> and uh, you need to be careful as far as eyes are concerned. You need to be careful as far as the message that you're giving with your eyes are concerned. <laughs> you do know that we speak in a whole bunch of different ways. We speak with our mouths, right? Uh, we say words. We use tones to speak. We can emphasize different parts of the word. Uh, we speak with our body language. You know, I can, I can talk to you like this, and you know what? I'm saying a different thing. Uh, you're offend Some of you are offended all, all, already. Uh, you know, um, <clears throat> but we also talk with our eyes. And some people get pretty good at it. And you need to watch those people that are drawing you in with their eyes, that are drawing you in, because there's something so intimate about looking into somebody's eyes. Now, it's not a part of conversation. We look, we look in each other's eyes. Not, if you won't look in somebody's eyes, I wonder what's wrong with you. It's a normal part of conversation. But there's a difference when somebody is using their eyes to draw you in. You need to be careful of that. You need to be uh, careful uh, of those things. Then let me give you three reasons to avoid uh, temptation. And then we're done, okay? Now, it wasn't so bad, was it? I think you thought it was going to be much worse than it is. It wasn't so bad, okay? Uh, three reasons to avoid temptation. First of all... <clears throat> Uh, our passage talks about the fact that it goes for the precious, she goes for the precious life. You don't understand this, that behind all this skullduggery, because that's what it is, there's an enemy, the enemy of your soul. And you know what he does? He uses this area so often uh, to destroy people. He uses this area uh, to actually take people and... <coughs> Use them. And what he does is he goes after the precious soul. He goes after somebody who's got something going for them. 
You know, you go after that person that's got their life straightened out and organized and going in the right direction, and uh, he'll use a woman, he'll use a man, he'll use somebody to go after you for the purpose of tearing you down, for the purpose of destroying the good in your life. Let me read you. This is Chuck Swindoll. Um, Recognize that the tempter goes for the precious life, the extraordinary person. For some reason, tempters fixate on people of great talent, skill, popularity, or potential. When gifted people fall prey to the evil person, the consequences can be devastating. Everything that once set them apart is suddenly compromised. They risk all of these and more. Loss of character, loss of self-respect, loss of others' respect, loss of family, loss of Christian testimony, loss of joy and peace injury to career, a ruined reputation, embarrassment in the community, a draining of one's finances, possibility of disease, and the beginning of a secret life. You know, listen, the consequences are pretty severe in your life. They, They will steal all the good things from you. And you know, it's usually somebody that's got some good stuff going on in their life that the enemy's going to go after in this area. So be on your guard. Be expecting it. Be expecting that the enemy uh, will try and put somebody in your way to do you damage. Now, if you've taken uh, taken on board the first ones that we talked about, uh, stay away from the evil person, guard against the smooth tongue, refuse to entertain secret desires in your heart, and be careful of eyes and people's eyes and what's going on as far as that's concerned. You know, you're going to be in a good place to actually stop this from happening. But if you don't build in some safeguards... You're very vulnerable. And, you know, Proverbs chapter 7 talks about the simple man. Now, the Bible talks about the the simple, it talks about the fool, and it talks about the scorner. And the simple is the guy who doesn't know any better and isn't doing anything about it. He's just... This guy who's just flopping around, living his life with no purpose, and he's not really got a, got a set goal in mind. If you're simple, I guarantee you, somebody's going to try and tear you down. You need to go from simple to wise. And wise means being a person of the book. Wise means being a person that is command-oriented, not feeling-oriented. You need to become a person of the book. Secondly, you need to be careful of the chastisement that's involved. Uh, <coughs> you know... When David sinned, God brought chastening into his life that never went away. Stayed in his life for the rest of his life. Now, David got it right, and God restored him, and God used him as a king. But you know what? He had trouble in his life from that day forth because of his sin. And you know, the Bible says this sin is against your own self. The Bible says that this does damage that's not easily repaired. That this is, is different. It's not the same as other sins. It's different. It's something you and I need to watch out for. We need to be careful of. We need to be on our guard for. Right? The ch- chastening can be <clears throat> dreadful. And the third thing is this, and we need to understand this. If you do, if you fall into this, if you let your desires drive you into a wrong place. If you let your lusts put you in, you lack sense. Now, folks, listen. We have the book. 
anybody has sense, we're supposed to have the sense. If anybody should know how to live life right, we should know how to live life right. We have the book. Not only do we have the book, but we have the spirit of the living God dwelling within us to say, no, no that, she's wrong for you. You shouldn't be around him. You should put a distance between you and him. The, the, the spirit of God say, they're flattering you and making you feel real good about yourself. And you need to be careful here. They, 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 there's a problem. They, they, they're flirting with you with their eyes and uh, again uh, creating an intimacy that shouldn't be there. There's something wrong here. You know, <clears throat> when you put all that wisdom to one side and you just go out and <coughs> blunder around life, uh, what happens is you have no sense. Now, I think of all the people in the world, the people in this room should have sense. I think we should. I think the pe of all the people in the world, we, sh we should actually be in the place <coughs> where we're not simple, where we're not fools, but we're command-oriented people. Matthew chapter 7. Jesus gave an illustration. Talk about a wise man and a fool. Right? <clears throat> the wise man built his house upon a rock. The rains came and the floods came and his house stood because it was built on a rock. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. The rains came and the floods came and his house fell and great was the fall of it because it was built on sand. And then Jesus said, the wise man is the man that hears what I'm saying and does it. The foolish man is the man that hears what I'm saying and doesn't do it. You choose tonight. You want to be wise or you want to be a fool? You make the choice. You hear the word. When you hear the word, you're supposed to say yes and apply it. Which will mean there's going to be certain people you'll avoid. You won't be around them. Which will mean there's going to be, <clears throat> be, be certain relationships that you're maybe going to cut. And you're going to watch yourself in this area because you want to be careful. And you know what? If you do that, you'll be wise and the Spirit of God will help you. And you'd be amazed that living in the wicked culture we live in today, you can be pure and you can be right and you can stay pure and stay right even in this day. Let's stand for prayer. <clears throat>